Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. Unfortunately, it's the Tigers for the Guardians 2. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, that thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And we talked about this. This was a section in the schedule where you were supposed to rattle off some wins, where you were supposed to get that record up, pad that record a little bit against the bad teams in the league, and instead, you just lost three out of four to the Cincinnati Reds and the Detroit Tigers. That's not good enough. That's not. You want to call yourself a team that's going to contend for the division, that's going to contend for a wild card spot this season, that's going to be a playoff team, a perennial playoff team, right? We're going to we're gonna rebuild this thing, but stay in it, stay competitive. Well, losing three out of four to the Tigers and the Reds is not staying competitive. So unfortunately, we waste a strong start for Shane Bieber. And actually, that's going to be our top storyline of the day. It's going to be Shane Bieber because it didn't look like this was going to be a strong start for Shane Bieber to kick things off. I mean, it looked it looked like it was going to be pretty rough. And he gives up two runs in the first two innings. It's the first time since April something that the Tigers have scored a run in the first inning. And, and it would be walks. It would be walks. Both runners would get on base via a walk and come around a score in both the first and second inning. Not good from your ace. That's not what Shane Bieber's game plan is all about. But it looked like he was having some serious command issues in that first few innings. If we look at the illustrator on his first inning, the fastballs, are he can't get them on the plate. They're staying to the arm side. They're up above the plate, up above the strike zone. The cutter he even lost a curveball up there. Um, threw a couple of sliders in the dirt. The command looks really off. The second inning... Still high, still the fastball up high. This time he can't get the curveball over the plate. He's leaving it arm side with the curveball, even a couple sliders above the plate. Yes, he does throw some strikes in this inning, but uh, you know, a lot of pitches are left up. I got four fastballs and two sliders above the strike zone, up at the shoulders in that second inning. The third inning. Uh, still loses a couple fastballs away, but a really efficient inning. Only makes nine pitches. Uh, throws a couple of sliders in the strike zone. Still misses way high with two fastballs. Finally, the fourth inning. Now we've started to settle down. Nothing above the letters in the fourth inning. He gets on, again, eight pitches. Very efficient in this fourth inning. Uh, throws a couple of fastballs, but keeps him in the zone this time. A couple of good curveballs. Uh, so an efficient inning there. And you can see the command, the fifth inning, he had to work hard in the fifth inning. He threw 23 pitches in that fifth inning. Um, I believe that's another inning. Is that another inning where they scored? Yes, that is another inning where they scored um, an unearned run in that inning. But he has to work a lot, but at least he's keeping it down. He's got command of his fastball again. He's throwing a ton of sliders and knuckle curves in this inning because, frankly, they were working better than his fastball. Uh, so yeah, so the command issues do, he does get a hold of them, but you can see those first three innings when you look at the illustrator, where the location of those pitches are, and he was having a real hard time getting that fastball down and into the strike zone where he wanted it. So yeah, so he lets uh, some runs come across, he uh, he gives up some walks, and it lets some guys come in to score. Now, he does start racking up the strikeouts, however does start racking up the strikeouts, ends up with 10 strikeouts on the day, 
and the location of these pitches are pretty darn good. So, you know, I, you're hard on him a little bit here because he walks some guys to start the game. He's having trouble with his command to start the game. But eventually, he does settle into this thing. And I've got one, two, three, four, five, six sliders that punch guys out from the belt or lower. And I got three knuckle curves from the knees or lower. And I've got one fastball that he uh, blew by Javi Baez on the outside edge. He got it up to 92.1 miles per hour on that fastball. Blows away Javi Baez. Again, paints the edge of the strike zone with that one. That's a well-located fastball. But yeah, all those sliders, all those knuckle curves, down nothing above the belt with all those strikeouts. Nine of those 10 strikeouts on the day were below the belt. The fastball was up eh, maybe just below the letters. 92, was that the fastest pitch he threw on the day? It might have been. Uh, yeah, 92.1. That was the hardest fastball he threw on the day, his max velocity. Uh, he was averaging 90.4, which is actually down from his yearly average of 90.7. So yeah, the velocity was down on all his pitches yesterday. It looked like he was really fighting it, but then you look at these CSW numbers, and it turns out it actually was working okay for him yesterday. He ends up with seven whiffs on uh, 19 swings on his fastball. It's good for a 37% whiff rate. 11 whiffs on 22 sliders, a 50% whiff rate on the slider. Six whiffs on 11 knuckle curve swings. That's a 55% whiff rate on his knuckle curve. Uh, add in called strikes on those pitches, and you end up with a 41% total CSW on the day. That's elite. That is back to being elite A stuff from Shane Bieber, a 41% CSW. And that's how you get 10 strikeouts. I mean, that's really, really strong work there. A 46% whiff rate on the day for Shane Bieber against the Detroit Tigers. He threw 106 pitches, really worked deep into this game. Uh, unfortunately, he does give up an unearned run in that fifth inning uh, that leads to another run coming into score. Uh, were there two errors credited in that inning or just one? I think just one. I think Josh Naylor's is the only one. Jose Ramirez had a chance to make a play on a ball up the middle to kick off the inning, and it just kind of hits off the heel of his glove. Something that Jose Ramirez has not done in a long time, right? Play shortstop and have to range up the middle to get a ground ball bouncing over second base. That one is credited as a base hit, but one gets under Josh Naylor's glove. Could he have turned two on that? Now, Naylor did make a couple of picks earlier in this game. Actually, throughout this game, he did make some stops at first base. This one, unfortunately, with a runner's on, this one gets under his glove, goes out into right field, brings in that run in that fifth inning. Uh, it's the third run credited against Bieber, but only two earned runs given up in the game. Seven innings pitched, six hits, two walks. Both of those are the two earned runs, are the two walks, but 10 strikeouts to balance everything out. On 106 pitches, he's hard hit six times. So the thing about Shane Bieber is I went and looked at some of his numbers over the years. And that four-seam fastball is still a problem. I mean, when he was in his Cy Young season, that thing was really, really good. And it's just not been the same. I mean, he had a 25.4% whiff rate in his Cy Young season of 2020. Last year, he still held a 22.8% whiff rate on that four-seam fastball. This year, it's fallen to 14.1%. So yeah, not putting guys away with it too. Uh, 
he put guys away at 28%, 28.7% in the Cy Young season. He put guys away at 29.4% last year. He's only putting guys away with the four-seam fastball at 19.6%. We know the velocity has dipped on that fastball. It's gone from 94.1 in the Cy Young season down to 92.8, down to 90.7. So the velocity has dipped, but the spin has also fallen off. That ball used to spin at 23 2,356 RPMs. Then it was at 2,333 RPMs last year. This year, it's down to 2,187 RPMs. So almost 200 less rotations. And what does that mean? Well, that means that ball's going to have a little more drop to it. It's not going to stay as straight. It's not going to feel, it's not going to explode to the plate as much. It's going to kind of drop into their barrels a little bit, and he's getting barreled this season. So um, in his Cy Young season 2020, it had that four-seam fastball had 12.6 inches of vertical drop, uh, 2.5 better than league average, one of the best. I mean, that's a deep, deep red on Baseball Savant here. That means it's one of the elite pitches in baseball. The next year, it only had 13.3 inches of drop, so a little bit more drop. Uh, like the speed was down a little bit, right? Uh, but still 2.5 better than league average. Still elite, elite stuff with that forcing fastball. This year, it's at 15.1 inches of vertical drop. So yeah, it is falling into the zone a little more. Uh, it's a little more hittable that way. When it doesn't have that vertical drop, when it stays up, that makes a big difference. It also had some horizontal movement. It was breaking at 8.9 inches of horizontal movement in 2020, 9.7 inches of horizontal movement in 2021. This year, it's down to 7.5. So yeah, it's a little bit straighter. It comes down into the zone a little bit more, right into the barrels a little bit more. So yeah, the spin is something. I heard a little bit of chatter on Guardian's Twitter, wondering if not having sticky stuff available is possibly affecting Shane Bieber. Maybe you would expect that more on the curve and the slider. You know, when Karinchek couldn't use the sticky stuff anymore, he couldn't get on top of that curveball, right? He also couldn't command that fastball. The fastball was up. Uh, For Bieber, he's still spinning that curveball and that slider at a pretty good rate. Uh, It Honestly, it is down a little bit from last year, but um, he's still spinning it at 2,476 RPMs on that slider. The curveball is at 2,131. Yeah, that's down about 200 rotations as well. All right, so everything's down about 200 RPMs from last year. So, I mean, I know I know he's working on the mechanics. You know, we don't get to hear this stuff. We don't get to see this stuff. I'm sure they are working on the mechanics with Bieber to try to get that form back. Uh, he was able to get the strikeouts, but it was too late in this game. It was too late. Bringing it back to this game yesterday, it was too late. By the time he got a hold of it and got a hold of his command and started working those strikeouts, it was too late. He had already given the Tigers some runs. uh, And unfortunately, the offense wasn't able to pick him up. They were only able to muster, uh, you know, two runs themselves in this game. Now, we do respond. Uh, The next storyline in this game is, honestly, it's the base running. Because I thought this was going to be another game of small ball, but then uh, they actually get into some bad base running situations later in the game that take runs off the board, possibly. So um, it starts in that first inning. 
Uh, Robbie Grossman walks to lead off the game. I mean, that's just, you can't be leading the, you know, walking the lead off guy. Come on. Then he steals second base. Castro would hit a ground ball to first base. Naylor, this is one of those good scoops he made. Uh, so it moves the runner up to third. And then Miguel Cabrera delivers the RBI hit. It's an RBI double into left field. Um, and it brings uh, Grossman in to score. Now, uh, you know, a double scores him from second base as well. But the point is that the walk, the steal, and a base hit, that's small ball right there. That's how you create and manufacture runs as an offense. A walk, a steal, and a hit. That's good stuff from the Tigers, frankly, to kick off the inning. Now, the Guardians would actually respond with something very similar in the bottom of the first. Ahmed Rosario with one out with single. He would steal. Uh, second base as well. Jose Ramirez would draw a walk. Brings up Owen Miller, who would single. Uh, shoots one through into center field. And Ahmed Rosario comes around to score, and we answer right back. However, however, what happened the rest of this first inning is brutal. Josh Naylor draws a walk in his first at-bat back from the COVID list. Now, Naylor was back yesterday, but Francona loves matching up lefties and righties, so it wasn't the fact that Naylor needed another day to be ready. It was a fact that yesterday was a lefty starter, so he went with his righties in the lineup. So Naylor is back in there against a right-handed hitter. Frankly, Naylor probably should be in there every day at this point. He is definitely our hottest hitter. Um, So he draws a walk in that first inning, and it loads the bases for Fermil Reyes. Now, we have a chance to blow this game wide open. I mean, absolutely destroy this game wide open. And I think Fermil Reyes might have had the worst at-bat I have seen in a major league career. Um, The first pitch is a slider way away across in the other batter's box uh, at his shins. He swings through it for strike one. Then they come back and actually give him a slider in the strike zone. Frankly, he had one to hit here, and he just swings through it. You have to do something with this pitch. You have to. Shoot it the other way. Hit a sack fly to center field. I don't care. Put it in the green somewhere so that we can bring around another run to score with the bases loaded and one out. He swings through it, and then, frankly, a slider that it bounced in front of the plate. I mean, it looked like, legitimately looked like it bounced in front of the plate. It was that, you know, nasty of a slider. Uh, frankly, a terrible slider, a terrible pitch. And he swings over it anyways for strike three. Strikes out with the bases loaded and a chance to blow the game open. Andres Jimenez would come up. He'd hit a decent shot out in the left field, but it goes for a fly out if that was... You know, a batter ahead with one out, it's a nice sack fly. It brings in a run. But unfortunately, now Jimenez is up with the bases loaded in two outs. And he got a lot less options for bringing that runner in from third to score. So they waste a beautiful bases loaded situation to kick off this game. And it's just brutal stuff from the Guardians. Uh, in that first, you wanted more runs. You, you needed more runs in that situation. You're facing a rookie, by the way. A rookie making his fourth start. And we'll talk a little bit about Fiedo. Um, had former number one pick uh, in 2017. Uh, they've got him listed as their number 16 prospect. So he isn't really... He's dealt with some injuries. He had Tommy John surgery. Uh, so he hasn't pitched in a while. He's made four starts now uh, 
in this season, in the 2022 season, in his major league career, frankly, and you've got him on the ropes in the first inning with the bases loaded. You have a guy making his fourth major league start on the ropes with the bases loaded, and you can't get it done. It was rough stuff. Second inning, more small ball from the Tigers. and uh, With one out, Scope would walk. Barnhart would strike out, but uh, Scope would steal second base. And then Daz Cameron uh, would single into center field. Scope comes in to score. So again, small ball right there. Now, the Guardians do play some good defense here because they pick Cameron off at first base. Austin Hedges actually throws behind the batter and uh, nails him at first base to end that second inning. So some nice defense there from Hedges to end things. So we get out of that one. Um, We do nothing in the second inning. Uh, Hedges hits into a double play. Uh, And then in the third inning, the base running would let them down. So they were having some good base running in the first and second innings. They score two runs. The base inning lets the Tigers down in the third inning. Grossman shoots a double into the right field corner. Um, Castro would come up, and he would rocket one. He would hit one really hard back up the middle, 101.7. The only problem is Andres Jimenez was lined up right behind uh, Robbie Grossman. Now, the old rule, the old adage at second base was if the ball's in front of you, you retreat back to second. This is with no force. If the ball's in front of you, you retreat back to second. If the ball's behind you, you go. Well, Ball was behind him, so you understand why his instincts were to go to third base, but the way the Guardians were set up defensively for the left-handed hitter, they had the shortstop pulled way up the middle, and yeah, they were talking about on the broadcast, Grossman's got to read that better. He's got to know that there's a defender right behind him, and he was a dead duck at third base. I mean, out by a couple steps, and it's a heads-up play from Andres Jimenez to even make that throw. Uh, to third base. It's heads up for Jose Ramirez to be ready for that throw. Uh, it's good heads up baseball, you know? Uh, another old adage is before that ba- before the pitch is thrown, as a defender, you got to know where am I going with the ball? Where am I going with the ball if it's hit? If it's hit to me, if it's not hit to me, you got it's a thinking man's game and the Guardians infielders were thinking in this inning. Uh, he knew exactly, Jimenez knew exactly what to do with that ball and they nail Grossman at third and then Miguel Cabrera hits a line drive right into his glove and he's able to double up Willie Castro at first base. So a huge defensive, that's basically four outs in a row from the Guardians going back to the second inning. Huge defensive plays uh, from the Guardians infield. So that's good stuff uh, and that's where the base running, the great base running would end for the uh, Tigers. Now, uh, they do, the Guardians had some chances. The Tigers do score. They scratch across another run in the fifth. Uh, that single from Barnhart that goes off of uh, Ramirez's glove. Daz Cameron with another single. And then Grossman hits one underneath uh, Naylor's glove that brings in that run to score. Bieber clearly pissed about it because he strikes out Castro and strikes out Miguel Cabrera on breaking pitches down at the bottom of the zone. Most of them were. Uh, and strikes him out to end that fifth inning. Um, actually goes on a string of strikeouts at that point. Uh, strikes out two more in the sixth inning. So he was really feeling it at that point. But the run doesn't come across the score. And then they bring in, in a one-run game, in a 3-2 game, they bring in Brian Shaw, and he gives up a solo home run to Javi Baez, a guy who's really, really been struggling. I mean, Baez is hitting 207 on the season. And... 
it wasn't a terrible pitch. I mean, it was a cutter at the bottom of the zone, and Baez just goes down and gets this thing. 107.9 mile per hour exit velocity, 398 to extend the lead to 4-2. to two. Now, the Guardians absolutely had their chances to score in this game. We talked about the first inning with the bases loaded. In the fifth inning, Ahmed Rosario comes up, and he absolutely destroys a ball. Absolutely destroys a ball. Um... 103.9 miles per hour, 385 to uh, the wall in center field. It had a 9-10 expected batting average, and Daz Cameron makes an incredible leaping catch at the wall. This, I'm convinced, I mean, they said on the broadcast they weren't sure if it would have been gone. Watching the replay, I'm sure. That ball definitely would have bounced off the top of the wall. Cameron goes up and gets it. Hedges, who had singled the lead off the inning, was too far off for space. I don't know where he was that he couldn't get back in time or if he's just that slow. And they end up doubling off Hedges at second base. So some good defense from the uh, from the Tigers right there preserved their 3-2 lead. By the way, I did skip over a moment here. I did skip over a moment because the uh, Guardians do lead off the fourth inning with Josh Naylor, and he kicks things off with 108.1 mile per hour. Huge shot out to center field, 416 feet for a game-tying home run in the fourth inning. Naylor actually went down and got a pitch that was down on the bottom corner of the strike zone for him, away uh, at the bottom corner of the strike zone, and really, I mean, 108.1 mile per hour exit velocity really drove that ball out into center field. So a huge at-bat from Naylor. That had tied the game. And then in the fifth inning, they come back and they take that lead. So the Tigers did a good job of responding. Every time the Guardians scored, the Tigers would respond at the top of the next inning and score a run themselves. Uh, And then in the ninth inning, Reyes, who had already had a big fly ball, a deep fly ball that was an out earlier in this game, Naylor gets hit by a pitch on the inside elbow to lead off the ninth inning. Ooh, that's got to hurt. I mean, he was... He was making some sounds going down to first base. He was making some sounds when he was on first base. Uh, continues to be one of the most entertaining guys in all of baseball. And for me, Reyes thought he had one. 102.3 mile per hour exit velocity, 385 feet out into center field. It had a 680 expected batting average, and it dies on the warning track. And it dies out there. That's the second ball that he thought he hit a home run, frankly, that died out there in the outfield. So I don't know if we're just getting those dead balls that they keep talking about uh, here in Cleveland, but Reyes cannot get one out on the day. And then Jimenez on the first pitch would hit into a double play to end things. I I can't blame them for swinging at the first pitch. Frankly, it's right there in the strike zone. Um, You know, you'd like to see a little more patience than hitting into a ground ball double play to, to be the last batter of the game. But it's a fastball that's right there over the plate at the thighs. I can't blame him for going after that pitch. Uh, Soto just with that hard four-seam fastball, 98.5 mile-per-hour fastball, uh, gets the ground ball. So the Guardians absolutely had their chances. I mean, basically, what could have been two home runs end up not being home runs. And uh, they have their chances to get back in this game. They had their chances to give... Shane Bieber a win, and instead it's Fado, Faido taking the win, five and a third innings pitch, six hits, two earned runs, two walks, two strikeouts, the solo home run on 86 pitches, he's hard hit six times as well. Uh, Faido, he um, 
he was a highly regarded college pitcher, right? He, uh, uh, he was part of that Florida University of Florida team that ran through the College World Series. Uh, he was a first-round pick. And then he just, you know, he struggled. He had the the Tommy John surgery, so that halted his progression a little bit. He's got a 55-grade on his fastball, a 55-grade on his slider, a 45-grade on his changeup, a 55-grade on his control, and he's a 45-grade overall. Uh, and he got the win. He got his first Major League win against us was not getting many whiffs got four whiffs on a slider two on his changeup it's good for a 16 percent whiff rate total on the day he did get 11 called strikes on that four seam fastball but it's only a 28 percent csw total on the day uh yeah but he uh he was able to get the guardians out of some situations got some good defense behind him uh they turned a bunch of double plays in this game the tigers actually turned four double plays on this day so uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a pretty good defensive day for the Tigers. It's a decent pitching day for the rookie, and they end up walking out of Cleveland with the win. So yeah, that is all my thoughts on this one. MVP on the day goes to Shane Bieber for figuring things out, for getting control of the game, for racking up ten strikeouts. Uh, it was a pretty impressive pitching performance from Bieber uh, when it looked like it could have been a disaster. Like in those first two innings, I'm legitimately thinking to myself, do they just need to put him on the IL? Do they just need to put him on the IL, say something's not right, and give him some time to work on whatever mechanical things he needs to work on? Then he rattles off 10 strikeouts, and I think, all right, maybe this guy can keep pitching. Maybe he can figure it out in season. But he does need to figure it out. He has got to figure out. If he can't spin the ball like he used to, he has got to figure something else out. So uh, we will see the progression of Shane Bieber, uh, you know, obviously throughout this spring, throughout as we get into the heart of summer here. Uh, what can he find? What, what can he figure out to do with that four-seam fastball if he can't spin it like he used to? So, all right, that is all my thoughts on this game. It sucks. It sucks losing to the Tigers. Uh, that definitely should have been a, you know, this should have been a week to rack up wins, and it just wasn't. And now we got to go down to Houston, and it is not going to be easy down there. The Astros are good. They're 27 and 15. I don't know why they haven't announced a starter for this game, why it wouldn't be McKenzie. I mean, McKenzie's been following Bieber all season. Uh, Garcia is going for the Astros. Uh, Are are we going to get to see Verlander in this series? Valdez and Javier. No, we might miss Verlander in this three-game set down in Houston. And then we go to Detroit for a four-game set. And uh, Kansas City at home for three. So a chance to rack up some wins against the bottom of the American League Central. Although if things keep going this way, we are going to end up in the bottom of the American League Central. So we definitely need to start turning things around. Uh, Obviously, there is still some bad blood in the water going to face Houston uh, after some of our playoff matchups with them in the late 20-teens. So I know all of you will really want to try to take it to Houston in this series. We'll see what the Guardians can do. It's a different team. It's a much different team than the team they faced in the playoffs uh, all those years ago. All right, that is all my thoughts on this one. Again, the final from Cleveland. It's the Tigers 4, the Guardians 2. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know what you're thinking about Shane Bieber. I'm really curious to know what the morning people out there are thinking, are feeling about Shane Bieber. Let me know. We'll discuss it on the show. 
Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you want to do it old school radio style, you can call in anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings. Leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. <laughs>